0: Danny Meringue. I found two empty bottles of a particularly decent Chateau de War Bordeaux 57 in your rubbish. Dusty Hera. You went through my garbage? This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app. I find it particularly offensive that you use them to wash down an order from something called Macho Taco. And Portland's sports leader, 1080. I would never drink a Bordeaux with a Macho Taco. The Fan. It was a burrito machissimo.
2: Hour number three on a Monday on Danny and Dusty. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you. We love you. You can find us, of course, on 1080 AM The Fan. It's also 1080 AM The Fan on YouTube. Join us there. Like us there. And tomorrow you'll find us there on Twitch. Yeah, on Twitch tomorrow. Dun, 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 dun. I'm excited. I've got everything all made up. I just got to be twitchy. Co- copy and paste the key into the stream. Well, that's good. Let's get Twitched. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if, I,
1: when you say it, it makes me uh, very suspicious about what we're going to be doing. Getting all twitched up. Probably should. Oh, man. <clears throat> um, th- this is of note. You said this uh, just right before we came it back.
2: Flashed on the screen when we came back. Damian Martinez is unlikely to participate in the Oregon State's bowl game because he will be physically unable to participate because he was sitting out while waiting on the status of the charges that would. Ultimately, not be filed against him for a DUII on court.
1: Yeah, it was a big boost, kind of saying that uh, the old Tony Tiger Bowl is going to get Damian Martinez yeah. back for the Beeves, But uh, that got dashed over the weekend, which means he probably wasn't doing a whole heck of a lot. <laughs> a whole heck of a lot, or you know, you, your mind always goes to ah, well, s- did something else happen? Like why? Why would he not be physically ready and available? probably just a few weeks off, and the ramp-up time, too close to bowl game, even though they got what... Uh, and really, that makes sense, though, because of the, his physical style of running, the demand that he's probably going to have in a game like that. I'm pushing back
2: on you a little bit, because he was out for basically 10 days.
1: And the game is, what, on the 29th, 29th. so we're 10 days away? Two weeks away. Yeah, you can get him ready.
2: That's like... This, the, ready. The, but I'm,
1: the ramp-up is... The ramp-up is very real, especially oh, no. with how for he sure. plays.
2: Yeah, and I, I, I get that. You're talking about a big yeah. gap between the last time he got hit versus the next time he'll get hit, all that kind of thing. But also, you,
1: stinky. Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. It's stinky. It's a weird move. That's all I'm saying. Yeah.
2: I'm don't. i squinting at it and going, I don't like it.
1: Yeah, um, that's and that sucks for B fans because you just want a little bit of boost that you can get um, at all at this point, right? I mean, you're going to yeah. have Ben Goldbranson being your quarterback Undefeated quarterback, Yay. Ben Branson. Um one of my buddy's wives thought his name was Bengal Branson. Bengal Branson, not Ben Goldbranson. Oh, Bengal because ben Goldbra- the way you say it. Bengal. Again, nobody says Ben nobody says Goldbranson ben. or Ben. It's, no, always, it's always Ben Goldbranson. Branson. So she thought his name was Bengal. Branson, That'd be and that kick is a name that goes. That from is a great quarterback. It name. goes
2: from the whitest name possible, yeah. Bengal Branson. Yeah, he's, he's got to, one of the most kick-ass names I've ever heard, Bengal Branson. He's got to play for LSU. Yeah. Oh God! If,
1: if that guy plays in the Tony the Tiger Bowl, oh, he'd be God. great. <laughs> he'd be. He'd, that would be the most fitting I thing hate ever. Hate you. Yeah, but it needs to happen. He's great. Yeah. Bengal Branson. You put him in Bangle, a tiger stripe
2: helmet? Let's B- go. Bengal Branson better be like. He's transferred
1: a- to Memphis where they have the Bengal's helmet. Right.
2: With. And then I mean, it feels like you know what? Bengal Branson sounds looks his name sounds like a guy that definitely has a cowboy hat.
1: Yeah, he, well, it's just a different kind of hat if his name is Ben Golbranson. Bengal Branson. Ben, no Bengal. Both of them I'm wear talking, a cowboy hats. No, you know, it's
2: not even cowboy hat, it's crocodile dundee.
1: Yeah. A corner turned up. He likes to party. Right? Yeah, he likes to party.
2: Like, he doesn't have, he's got something in the yeah. band of his hat.
1: I think what you're looking for is not a hat. He wears a vest without a shirt. Like, that's what Bengal Branson mm-hmm. wears. Bengal Branson wears a shirt with a vest with no shirt underneath it, a la Crocodile Dundee. Uh, ben Goldbranson, he wears a bolo tie with his hat. Yes. And that is, that, that. them's the rules. I didn't make them. I think Bengal Branson also wears assless chaps. Wow. Uh, you're just really putting it out there, huh? Yeah. Really on. painting a visual. Bengel Branson.
2: <laughs> Hat, no shirt. <laughs> Buttless chaps.
1: Yeah, you just made him into a male stripper. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, sure. Pangle Branson. <laughs> <Bengel> <laughs> Branson is.
2: You get the. At the door. Oh, yes. I'm. I see nobody uh, All right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to let the cat out? <laughs> okay. Meow.
1: Uh, Yeah. But Bengal Branson will be the quarterback, yeah, or uh, Bengal Branson, whatever way you want to go.
2: I effectively in an entire segment.
1: That's right. Not too bad. Me fr- frosty Flakes. let's go.
2: Which means uh give it more and more time, though, to uh, reflect. You know it's good? I'm a hot rep. We're going to talk Blazers when we get back. There's right. a lot going on between a seven-game losing streak, where they are, what's kind of yes. coming up for the rest of the month, and what to look forward to or not. Going into the trade season,
1: yeah, it's a weird thing to get your ass kicked and have a close game all in the same game. It's weird. It, it happened,
2: but it did happen. We'll get to that more here on Danny Dusty, Danny the Fan.
1: Tune In is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to
0: secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic, the step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world. On. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Left fifteen days. Qualifying unlocked device. Credit service ported. Ninety plus days with device and eligible carrier. And timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve a nice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy. The tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Danny and Dusty on the fan.
2: The Portland Trailblazers last night fall to the Golden State Warriors the final seconds, and as much as that game sucks to see them drop it, it's less about that game and more about where they stand right now. And before we dive into it, yes, the ball was off Steph Curry's foot. Yes, Ed Molloy and his staff blew it. How do they
1: miss that? I
2: don't know, but also Chauncey Billups screwed up earlier in the game using a challenge for a Jabari Walker foul that he broke all of his rules for to use.
1: But at that in, in that moment, though, can't the league initiate the review Re-
2: referees can initiate it. i tweeted out the actual rule from the rule book they can't initiate it but th- that's only if they are unsure and they were sure they were sure which is hilarious because even from where i was sitting in the media box i could see it was off stuff. it was pretty clear it was not even cl- it, it yeah, wasn't whatever. even close yeah, so
1: well with the way that game started uh probably don't deserve to win no, when getting, you're down yeah, by 22, 22 but they fought their they fought their way back and look coming out of that game like, they call basketballs the game of runs. That was explosive diarrhea basketball because mm-hmm. those runs were enormous. And uh, it was good to see, though, that you saw effective adjustments being made. For all of the Chauncey doesn't adjust haters that are out there, I, you've seen over the last handful of games, the Blazers have been throwing out everything at teams. Is it working all the time? No. But that whole the lack of adjustments crew... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should probably pipe down a little bit. They
2: they threw literally everything at Luke on Saturday night. There wasn't a coverage that exists out there that they didn't throw. They threw a full court 2-1-2. And it is
1: not like we're sitting there watching, heads just bashing against the wall. No,
2: it'll work eventually. No. No, they're they're mixing it up. They're trying it. And to be fair, they've scrapped their zone for the most part because they've been good in their man coverage.
1: Yes, but uh, Blazers' defense was elite last night. I think one thing that we all know is that it's a historically good defense because <laughs> Steph Curry's three point streak ended. Right,
2: and here's the thing: elite.
1: His it, that, that's a fact. This is a statement of fact right there. Historically great.
2: And here's the thing: I asked Chauncey <laughs> about this last. That the very first <laughs> question. So
1: many mad people.
2: <laughs> I don't oh, <laughs> the very first question. So many people are like, ah! I had wasn't about the timeout. It's it wasn't fact. about the the challenges. It wasn't about the uh, ball going off Steph Curry. It was this do you think you waited too long to switch your defensive coverage from a switching coverage to a blitz coverage? And Chauncey's answer was a version of, look, man, it's bleeping Steph Curry. Mm -hmm. I don't care that we held him in check. The dude is still the dude, and you're, you're leaning on, hey, let's count on the other team beating. Let's make rookie Trace Jackson Davis beat us. Let's make Andrew Wiggins, who has played like dog crap, Beat us! Yeah, like, they found their game against Portland. They, did. but the the calculation they made was switch everything yeah. keep the all world guy in front of you. Clay Thompson has been a dumpster fire this year. The man got his Burgerville back in town and rebirthed himself. Mm-hmm. He, he bathed himself in the holy waters of Lake Minnetonka. Okay,
1: Willamette River.
2: Yes, exactly. And it was just. I sat there, everybody around me, we all kind of, everybody in the media section just threw their hands up like, oh, Clay's going to have that game. Yeah. But the game plan made sense. But in the final quarter, they said, Steph doesn't have it tonight. Everybody else does. We have got to stop switching and we got to keep things in front of us. So keep DeAndre Ayton, keep whoever, keep our big back at the rim because they got hammered at the rim.
1: And on the boards too. Like the rebounding in Trace Jackson-Davis, good lord that dude played like what 18 minutes
2: in the second half 18 he, minutes he had 14 and 8 he had six points and seven rebounds. in that look that, that's the difference in the game
1: that goes down to you're still not great defensively you tried a lot of different looks but it opened up other avenues mm-hmm. for golden state who is a more complete team a and more a better roster team. yes to have their successes uh the Blazers got a lot of work to do. But again, it's not the wins and losses. We'll say this again all season long. Like every time we have to talk about them, pump the brakes on anything that's too good or too bad because this the steady improvements in what you're seeing, you got to see those growth moments, right? And I thought there were some of those growth moments that we, we've we seen a regression from Shaden Sharp, which mm-hmm. is the last two games, he has not looked like the same guy. Really the last three. But you are also seeing... Scoot Henderson looks like the game is starting to Slow click for him, right? And y- y- you're seeing, especially with both he and Ant and their ability to say, "Hey, these guys are old; they can't keep up with us. Yes. We're going to try to get to the rim," put, and they did the it successfully. They, they they at times have that those successes. Mm-hmm. It's those little things that you're you're yeah. wanting to look for in this roster, and you're starting to see those little growth moments. It it's going to be a long time before it all clicks. It, is, it ain't going to happen this year. When I say a long time, it ain't going to happen a, this it's year. It's
2: a year and a half away before you start really making these judgments. This is what I always tell. Like, oh my god! People were complaining last night, like, "Oh, we're back to the uh, Chauncey has to go stuff," and I'm like, "I, I said this team was going to win 24 games, and they are on pace to win 24 games." This is what, was, nothing has yeah. changed. Nothing like this. They are who they are. Just remember, they, they got a couple wins early because they had a free throw margin that kind of went their way. And I'm like, people are going to buy into this and think, yep. well, if they just get healthy, they would like, now it's all Chauncey's fault. Now that they're healthy again. And it's just, it's frustrating because this stuff is not linear. You're not going to see it happen overnight. And you saw Scoot a couple games ago, start, you put the 23 and 10 game together and you're like, Oh man, that next game, that first half against Dallas may have been his worst half of basketball as a pro. He was horrid on every level. It's like he had the success. He's like, all right, I'm good now. I can and he yeah. sped back up. That second half he had against Dallas might have been his most complete. And Chauncey just said, buddy, slow down. Pick your lane. Find your mm. groove. And then he did. And it was just like he he got them back in Scoot Henderson, rookie, guy who can't shoot, Scoot Henderson. Got them back in the game against the Dallas Mavericks. Not Jeremy, not Ant. Scoot. Scoot settled things down and got them back in a game that they had no business being in. Mm-hmm. That's a hell of a. That is a. That is a step forward. But for every step forward, they're going to take two steps back, and then they'll take two steps forward, and they'll slowly yeah. build that up. But you have to build this up over time, man. And it's just like last night. Ant was. He says he said in the post game that he was trying to pace himself. Okay. But he also said that, defensively, you know, he's still going through it.
0: Um, I think I've been pretty well. I think only, I think this. Obviously, everybody makes defensive mistakes. I had a couple tonight. Um, and I think I've been playing pretty well. Other than I think, as a group, we was terrible in the Utah game. Um, but all in all, I think I've been, I've been, you know, a big change from you know previous years for sure. You know what I mean? I'm putting, trying to, I'm trying. <laughs> I'll, try. I'll probably have tried. Uh, so, you know, like I said, get that get that bad defender out of my name. So it's going to be hard, but I'm going to try for sure.
1: He's got a long way to go, but the effort and the awareness. And how many times have we heard guys come through and say, like, be reluctant to say, "Yeah, no, I'm not a great defender. No. And uh, this is just who I am. I'm going to be an offensive guy. I'm going to be a scorer. Mm-hmm. There is an awareness that he has. Which is good to hear, and at least he's like, I know it's going to take time, but yeah. he's trying to get that stink off of his name.
2: I've seen some people say that, oh, now that Ant's back, the defense is suffering. Yeah. And it's I, I look at that and I go, no. <laughs> what you saw when the beginning of the year was you, shot, you saw some shooting variance. You saw see, that teams weren't, they were getting to the rim, but they weren't finishing as well as they were. Yep. You saw that teams were taking, or that the Blazers were limiting threes, but opponents weren't hitting them. Yep. Now what's happening is the rim efficiency is coming back around and the three-point shooting is starting to trend back up to, towards league average. And that is the difference in winning and losing games because this team is still the worst rim finishing team, which is something they need to get better at. They they just You see it with Scoot, you, even though he's getting better. Yeah. You see it with Shaden, even though he's getting better. Ant is the only guy right now that they consistently have that generates free throws. So the easy's they're still struggling to get, but you're seeing the levels of growth.
1: And I think where you want to use the caution and where you sit there and you're like, all right, well, they're still losing games. Like, how much better can it be? Look at some of the other teams that are in their spot right now. I mean, there's not a whole lot of progress that they're making in San Antonio right now.
2: Oh, God. I mean,
1: They have Wimby, who oh. he has his highlights and he has his freakish moments. Everybody around them, like, if you watch an extended run of Spurs or you watch a whole game of Spurs. Watch
2: the Pistons.
1: The Pistons, the Wizards. It, it is the lack of progress in any area that you're seeing from a lot of these teams. And those are like those those little things. It's nuanced. Nobody wants to hear it. And it's not fun to go through. It I mean it look you see the progress. It's a, a fun brand of basketball that they're playing at least, especially when shots are falling, for goodness sakes. And it's not rip your head out, slam your head against the wall Type stuff. It is all right, baby steps of progress, little changes in in progress in one area, a backslide in another, but is the backslide taking you further down the hill? Or is it one step forward, you know, or two steps forward, one step back? Yeah. Right? You want to have the the two steps forward, one step back.
2: Not the one step forward, two steps back. Yeah, Yeah. that's the brutal part.
1: And that's where you're seeing in a lot of these teams that are going through rebuilds, that's the hardest part to to hang on to and to keep pushing through, because when you don't see the results in the win column, mm-hmm. that that can wear on you over and time. That's the, and that's you, when you say a year and a half. I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm going, okay how how long until we start seeing a little bit of regression and you start doing that one step forward, two steps yeah, back?
2: Yeah, and that's the thing is they've lost seven in a row. You wanted to see them get one of these games and and be any of the other the big guys. We always call it, we call it a vibes win because mm-hmm. it's like you can't. You can't do twenty three in a row, man. That Pistons team—they're they're done. They're gone. That locker room's done. They got to trade away three guys. That's bro- like they're—they're they're, they're fundamentally broken. The organization is broken. You can't. Everybody who's like, I want to see losses stack. I want to be the worst team in the NBA and stack assets. You will fundamentally destroy an organization. <laughs>
1: like the Pistons are doing it with Monty Williams as their coach, who's like the nicest guy and can get everybody kind of going in the same direction. And they're—they're they're done. Done. They're they're done. They're gone. Did you gone. see
2: the Reddit post?
1: uh no there was a reddit post i try not to oh see
2: th- this this went viral over the weekend there was a reddit post on the uh, the pistons reddit that said um what would happen if you i don't know killed like well, I want to say half of the pistons roster hypothetically yep, and instituted a uh disaster draft
1: so brutal cuz there is a clause that the nba has like for the disaster bus, draft yeah
2: car yeah plane or
1: and, or uh if you want to go less morbid Mass COVID outbreak is when they were instituting this. Yeah, there again. you
2: go. Yeah, but that was that was more free agency <laughs> rules as opposed to death because the disaster, the disaster raft is is morbid. It, 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 is, it very is morbid. It is. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah like it, that's that's where Pistons Reddit is at right now. Well, here
1: is the thing about the Pistons: they're not going to get much better if they do that. Like they're they're not because
2: <sighs> they might screw it up and they might just draft. It's nothing organizationally. Well, they've got an owner that wants to do one thing, a GM that wants to do another, a coach that... Remember, they had to pay money more than any other coach ever to be the head coach. A guy that didn't want to be there. A guy who did not want the job. But the money became so great that he was like... Can't really say no to that. It's generational wealth that will could keep my family going for a long time. Oh, brutal! So I will unselfishly take this job that I do not want to take.
1: Uh, can we have one more, like one last Blazer thing? Yeah, because I saw this and I was like, "What the hell's going on?" Do you see what happened with uh, Chance Com- uh, Comanche? Yeah. So
2: um, uh, number one, Shamstronium working the blazers into the the tweet what? about what happened when he was quite literally on the Stockton Kings when this happened. And for those that are unaware, <laughs> Chance Comanche and his girlfriend are currently under arrest and charged with murder and kidnapping.
1: Uh, of a of a Washington woman. In Nevada. In Nevada. Yes. And, like, ditching the, the body in the desert, yes, apparently. Yes,
2: the FBI. Allegedly. And they do have the body now. Yeah. So uh, Chance Comanche, again, uh, former Stockton G-Leaguer who was on the Stockton Kings when this was supposedly and he committed played
1: a game for the Blazers and, last year.
2: Yes, and he was noted by Shams Charania as a player who appeared for the Portland Trail Blazers, not a active player for the Stockton Kings until yeah. he was arrested. He played in a game
1: last year. And if you're wondering when why, the Blazers roster was in upheaval and they were yeah disaster drafting no, and if you're wondering they were why picking shams guys would up do off this, the scra- scrap heap
2: it was because it's become Shams, shams is a terrible human being who oh, still has an axe to grind with the point trailblazers after lying through his teeth about a medical issue around surrounding Gary Payton II.
1: well maybe next segment you can tell us how he really feels about just, shams he's
2: trash just <laughs> it is it's it's disgusting the way that he operates it's it's i'll be blunt about it cuz i don't care about working in that world ever um on another note as hmm. it pertains to players cuz i i Tweeted this out earlier. It's, I, I guess you could call it quasi news breaking. I've talked to multiple people in the Trailblazers organization. There is zero, zero motive right now to move Jeremy Grant.
1: Okay. Well, now, and hey, by the way, December 15th, just a few days ago, 88% that's percent when- of
2: the league is now trade eligible. Just about everybody. There's a few. the 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 rest is uh, January 10th to the 15th. Yep. So that's the the remaining remaining numbers. But
1: people uh, can be traded. Everybody. Trade
2: season. Everybody I've talked to within the organization is very happy with Jeremy Grant, and Jeremy Grant is very happy to be here. All right. So uh, I I fully expect them to be active at the trade deadline. I just do not expect it to involve Jeremy Grant.
1: Okay. So that's talking Blazers,
2: and that'll be the uh, the primer, and the last time we'll talk about trade stuff for probably another three weeks, and then we, I mean, we, in three weeks we start getting into it. The, the trade the, the trade stove heats up quick.
1: Let's go get it.
2: All right, coming up next, what is the team that you are most afraid of in the NFL as the closing weeks of the NFL season are upon us? So first, here's a big Kahuna Sports Center update:
0: hamburgers, the cornerstone of any nutritious breakfast. <laughs> This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan.
2: What teams in the NFL right now are the scariest to face? We were talking about the teams that are the teams that we probably trust the least at the top and the Dolphins and the Cowboys. Which teams, as the season starts to close, are the ones that strike the most fear in you?
1: Well, I, I think that outside of like the San Francisco 49ers, right, the the... The runaway favorites that we have, I think San Francisco and Baltimore, those are the two teams playing the best football right now in the NFL. I think if you take a step outside of those two franchises and you look at, all right, you've got a lot of teams where it's kind of flattening off and you're saying, all right, is injury luck going to get a little bit better? Are the breaks going to kind of go their way? Can they get right? Kansas City. Kansas City's still terrifying. I know people are writing off the Kansas City Chiefs a lot. They're 9 and 5 right now. They've got a schedule that is favorable for them down the stretch with the Raiders, Bengals and Chargers, right? Two of those three are are games that they should win and they should do with relative ease, right? But that Bengals game is going to be an interesting one. Like the Cincinnati Bengals Jake Browning did not look good in the first half on Saturday.
2: No, I was very comfortable with my bet in the first half, and in the second half he decided to, I don't know, steal the soul of Joe Burrow? But you
1: know what? Like, this is the thing. He's been playing consistent football for them. That first half, like, it took them a while. And and look, this is something that needs to be acknowledged about when going up against Minnesota is, I said this a couple of weeks ago, Brian Flores as their defensive coordinator is giving teams fits. Because he is applying pressure and dropping into zone coverages completely different than what any other team in the NFL is doing. And when you do not have a Joe Burrow, when you have a Jake Browning, it's going to take an adjustment, period. And can you make the throws and can you adjust and not take the bait that a lot of quarterbacks are are falling victim to in the first halves of games, especially, is the big question. He adjusted beautifully, and I think that the Bengals staff adjusted beautifully. Helps when you have you know guys like T Higgins making incredible catches and reaching the ball across the pylon, and when you have the weapons that they have. But right? they didn't have Chase. They didn't have Jamar Chase, which still found a way. Still right? found way,
2: which is actually it's look. T is a dude. Yeah, yeah. He
1: he's Boy, Tyler he, Boyd. Good. He he's Nixon. Good.
2: I mean. They're not short on weapons there by mm. any means, but nah. look, this is why Browning is a backup because the consistency isn't there. That's the, mm. I mean, yes, there's a talent drop off, but the biggest issue, or the the biggest difference between starting and backup quarterbacks, in my opinion, is consistency. Uh, yes, the talent just, for sure, but the, like just yes. the
1: the base level skill. Yes, right. And the but you're right, but it's 100%. consistency
2: is the thing. Like because there's plenty of guys that have a lot. There's plenty of incredibly talented quarterbacks, but the consistency is just
1: bleh. I mean, appreciate great quarterbacking is like the theme of the entire week in the NFL, yes. right? Because you saw roller coaster, you saw a lot of bad quarterback play. We haven't talked about it yet. That Desmond Ritter interception at the end of the game was the one of the worst throws you will ever see a quarterback make in Are the you National with me Football now? League.
2: Are you with me on the Desmond Ritter's not good train?
1: Yeah, I yes okay. I was we didn't have like you wanted to write him off in week two and I was like, We haven't really seen him. We have we we hadn't seen him.
2: It just wasn't it period. just wasn't there, man.
1: But he has an inability to progress. But if you write guys off too quickly, you get stuck in Tua takes, right? Where sure, there's people that's that are fair. just like, Tua's terrible. Yeah. Eh, no, not really. No, they pretty
2: damn good, that's actually. There. I just with with Ritter it was always just like I don't see it. With two, at least you understood the if you, no, if you, you
1: didn't at the beginning. At the beginning, squinted, he was unequivocally it. bad. He you, was unequivocally bad at the beginning of his career. He was, he, and he wasn't making any of the throws. Like, Tua was not good at the beginning. He has got, he has progressed, and Josh Allen, same, same thing. Like, Josh Allen yes. was not good. He was just, that's a guy with a strong arm. He doesn't know what to do with it. But you can grow, and we are way too quick to just write a guy off and not let him have that, especially young quarterbacks like guys that bounce around. Josh Dobbs, we know what Josh Dobbs is. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing changed, right? He was going to come back down to earth. But, and that's what the Vikings have done. And when you're talking about those dangerous teams, I look at Cincinnati as one of them. I think that the Detroit Lions, if they can get healthy, especially on the defensive side and up front, they are going to, that's one of those, all right, that could be a scary team. But no team is scarier right now than the Buffalo Bills because for whatever reason, I, I think Kyle Dunn or Tyler Dunn, he thought that he was going to bury Sean McDermott in the Bills mm-hmm. with his article that he wrote, his you know three-piece, um, Josh uh, Sean McDermott is an idiot. He did not. He gave that team all of the edge in the world, and they're actually playing like they like Sean McDermott, and his 9-11 hijackers are... A good
2: team. Did you see the memes that came out of this weekend? Is so bad. Did Did you see the memes? No. There was a photo of the plane.
1: I love how much you live on the internet.
2: It got sent to me, and it was horrid. Yeah. But I I laughed. I'll admit it. I laughed because it was so dark, and I love dark humor. Mm. But somebody put a Bills logo on one of the planes. No,
1: no, I'm out on that. And then nope.
2: And then mm. it had the Cowboys logo on the towers. Oh my, no, I'm out on and that. And I went. Yeah,
1: that Bill's is working as a team, right. huh? That is Oh, it's very super dark.
2: dark. It's super dark. I Good know. Lord. I get it. I enlisted the next day. I am well aware of how dark it was. But yeah. considering what Sean McDermott said, yeah, it was I mean
1: You see where the meme came, it from. came from. It came from
2: was like, Oh, it's so bad. But yeah. God, I chuckled.
1: That team is terrifying because Joe Brady is back in his bag as a play caller and he did what Kansas City is not doing. Adapting. He is saying, if you will give me something, I will take it. And I will take it until you stop me. And I love Josh Allen after the game last night. He threw for 94 yards in a football game. And he was the happiest guy in the world because they won by 21. And he was happy for James Cook, who went off for 179 yards. He was happy for his defense that put the clamps down on Dak Prescott in the Cowboys offense. I. That is a scary team because when they click, they, they're not void of talent. They are a talented roster, and they just have, they're just aging on the defensive end, and whether it was they're just kind of a diesel engine revving up for the end of the year or they're going to run out of gas, that is a team that could be very scary down the stretch and have a schedule that will favor them. If they win the next two games, uh, we said this earlier, but they will be 10-6. and six. Heading into the final week of the year, and there's a very real possibility the Dolphins are also ten and six heading into the final game of the mm-hmm. year, and they could play for the AFC East and home field in that opening round in week what's that, eighteen of the regular season. Buffalo would terrify me if I. It, Buffalo is.
2: I, I think it's the answer. Nobody wants because the that. talent level is so high on that team.
1: And then just think of it like if you're the two seed. And you think you're getting maybe you're a little the, bit of
2: a break, but no, you're not. No.
1: If you're the if you are Miami who's sitting at 2 or Kansas City who's sitting at 3 and you're looking down the barrel of Cincinnati or Buffalo, mm-hmm. those two teams are probably going to be your wild card teams. Granted, Indianapolis does need to come back down to earth a little bit and they've got the Falcons, Raiders and Texans remaining, which means they're winning. Like this is and this is the beauty of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many teams and we 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 went over this last week, right? There's so many teams heading into last week that were like, "Yeah, we got a chance, baby." It's they're still, still there. They're still squinting yeah. and going. Hey, I, I remember think we talked we can about do it. It.
2: it. We think we can do it. Yeah, this weekend. Yeah. All right. Well, come back. We'll put a little bow on this show. Uh, somehow, I'm going to work in this old Dominion Western Kentucky game that has gone absolutely drunk. and has been playing.
1: I love on drunk the TV football. behind me.
2: This is why bowl season is great. It's been fantastic. We'll get to that and more as we wrap things up. Danny and Dusty, tuning the fan.
0: Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080, the fan.
2: Well, it was on this day in 2005 that Lazy Sunday made its premiere on Saturday Night Live. It was written by uh, Andy Samberg, Chris Parnell, and Lowly Islands, Akiva Schaefer, and Jorma Tacone. In one night, shot on a camera, uh, borrowed from Bill Hader's wife, edited on an iMac, and largely considered the first TV moment to go viral. Uh, It also basically helped uh, catapult YouTube into what it is today. When was this? 2005. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's a long time ago. I remember thinking, what the hell is YouTube? what is a youtube and if you go back if you ever see like the screenshots or like the video like the screen grabs the live yeah. of what youtube yeah, yeah. looked like originally oh it looks so terrible really oh god early you like not not only the video quality i mean like the ui and every, like just the general look of it it had very much like um Wee's playhouse design yeah,
1: i remember it. that you couldn't like expand the screen at first it was just like very small, and they had all of the ads everywhere, all over it. So, uh, congrats, YouTube. Where you can watch, youtube.com slash 1080 fan. You can watch us.
2: Uh, there is also another anniversary to, uh, today on this date. In 1997, a certain episode of Seinfeld premiered.
0: The tradition of Festivus oh! begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're gonna hear about it. You, Kroger, my son tells me your company stinks. Oh, God. Why? <laughs> we'll get yours in a minute. Kruger, you couldn't smooth a silk sheet if you had a hot date with a babe. I lost my train of thought.
1: <laughs> Frank Costanza, oh, an all-timer. Rest
2: in peace, Jerry Stiller. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: Ben Stiller's dad. Yeah. yeah. Ben, Stiller's, ben Stiller's parents. Yes, yeah, and on the show. Yeah, yeah. Because oh, the Costanza parents were Ben Stiller's. Stillish. Such no, a random false. thing. Estelle no, no. Harris, Estelle uh, oh, oh, Harris
2: was was Mama Costanza. Not ben, that's not Ben Stiller's mom. Oh, who's his mom? Anne his, Mira. Anne Mira. She's yes. also famous, right? Uh, yeah. They. I mean, she was an actress too. From yeah. Way back in the day. Oh, I thought yes, they were also. both.
1: Nope. All right, my bads. Frank Costanza, though. Yeah. Tremendous. Incredible. Yeah.
2: Well, I feel like we need to end this with, with bold, bold nuttiness. Old Dominion was up 28 nothing. It's now 35 35 tie game with 19 seconds to go. We have had four fumbles, mm-hmm. an interception, mm-hmm. a blocked field goal. Mm-hmm. And this is this is a bulb. I, for those that aren't aware, if you don't watch on YouTube, you can watch on YouTube, youtube.com backslash, backslash 10 a.m. The fan. Dusty and I each have TVs behind each of, each of us that we can see things going on throughout the show. Are you going
1: 500 miles an
2: hour? Oh, yeah, right I now. am. I, I know the clock's ticking. <laughs> what are you, new here? Yeah, the <laughs> clock's ticking, man. Let's <laughs> <He's> go. Just, <laughs> but this game has been, I have been locked into this game since kickoff.
1: All right, at one point when it was 28 nothing, Western Kentucky had one rush yard, 37 pass yards, in three turnovers, yeah, they were being outgained one hundred and sixty-seven to thirty-eight, and yet they are tying. They tied the game. We're going to overtime. Mary bowl season. Gotta love it. Old Dominion fans, if they lose this, they will have their own airing of grievances. Oh, after this. they will be. They will be going through it. All right, that's it for us today. We'll be back tomorrow noon to three. No prime time. No four hours of power. Not from their mouths to your ears. It's Seahawks football. Get Free your Seahawks on. Monday Night Football. Jalen Hurts is in the building, but more importantly, Big Dom is in the building. That's right. He walked him in. And for Eagles, Seahawks, coming up next, right here on 1080 The Fan.
2: Bye. Let's get twitched.
1: Tune In is the audio platform with something for everyone. News.
0: In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at 4. Donchich.